ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Podcast. Children of all ages, boys and girls, dogs and kitties, let me introduce you the host, the one, the only, Philip. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Podcast. This is episode number 52. I'm your host, Philip, and today we're going to talk about the Chicago Bulls. But I have a guest who is the co-host of the Days. Welcome to the show, man. Phil, thanks for having me on, bro. Hey, thanks for having the time. Um, how's your New Year? Oh man, New Year's been good. Phil, I've done absolutely nothing. Uh, I've sat around, I've eaten, uh, I've laughed with family, and I'm watching uh, Hulu and Netflix and just being a complete lazy person. Sound like me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I do. I was, I was drinking, got sick a little bit. Oh eating. man! Oh, I got sick a little bit. I have this dream I want to share real quick. Okay. On New Year's, I have this dream that I don't know much about the, the full details, but I remember I bought the Chicago Bulls. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> on New Year's, I was the owner of the Chicago Bulls. I was like, oh, and then I got a phone call, wake me up. I was like, oh man, wake me up. That was some dream, <laughs> <thing>, man. <laughs> I'm sorry that happened to you, man. That sounded like a good dream, bro. What was you going to do? I'm, I'm curious now. What was you going to do as the owner? Well, I fired the manager, man. That's the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. I feel that, I, man. And fired. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's step two. Yep. Step one and two. You're off to a great start. Let me say that. You're yeah, off to a really what, great that's start. That's what we think. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's talk about the Bulls so far this season, man, sure. my blood, I don't, know, I don't know where my blood pressure is at nowadays. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there were, there were expectations for the Bulls this season to make the playoffs. Right. And right, 23 loss right now. They're in the, what, 10, 11th seed in mm-hmm. the Eastern Conference right now. Mm-hmm. And we, we just lost just yesterday against the Celtics. Right. And we're playing against Dallas tomorrow, which out and he's and Lauren Marcus been so disappointed so far. What are, what are your thoughts on it? Man, you know, I've been a I was a big advocate of Lloyd Marketing and I, I still am. Uh I wrote an article about him last year because uh Dirk is one of my favorite players of all time, one of my top five players of all time. And he kind of mirrored kind of his path in the beginning, how Dirk struggled in the beginning, but I saw all the potential in Dirk to be just really great. And when he reached that potential, you know, I kind of felt like a proud dad, you know, watching this kid finally, you know, achieve his greatness. And it was just a great moment for me. And I wanted that same thing for Laurie. And because I saw the improvement from rookie season to the next season. Now he had to deal with injuries, you know, and stuff like that in that second season. But coming into this season, I fully expected him to just take a leap, you know, because I was like, okay, you figured it out. You know uh, what you're supposed to do. You know, you know, your value. I need you just to start figuring out how to be an all-star, how to be great. That's That should be your next task. And it's been a complete regression ever since game one. After game one, it's been a complete regression. Now, remember, game one, he had, what, 35 and 17 against the Hornets. He was completely dominant. He didn't shoot a lot of threes. He, he just got the ball. He kept going to the rack, and he kept imposing his will on the other team. And I loved it. It was, it was great. After that, he kind of fell into just, you know what? I'm going to shoot threes all day long. I'm just going to relax. Now, some people say it had to do with the injury. I mean, it could be. It could be an oblique, a shoulder, or whatever. And he definitely looked like something was wrong. And, and, and I'm not going to say that's not true. 
But ever since then, man, it's it's I just don't know who this human being is. There's different times I watched the game and I just screamed out, Who are you? I don't know who you are. Like, I don't recognize this human being on my screen. You look like Lori, but you're not looking like the Lori I remember or the Lori that I want. And so, yeah, it's been hard for me, but I have not given up on him. I'm not ready to give up on him because I still, in my head, know that potential that I saw uh, in him in those first two seasons. So for me, it's it has to be a reason somebody, you know, elevates the first two years and then completely regresses in their third, just just out of nowhere. So uh, that's why I don't want to give up on him yet, because I want him to come come and find out exactly where why that regression is taking place. And correct that. And then, man, just come on back, Lori, to us, man, so I can be happy again. Yeah. Do you think maybe the coach got something to do with it? Maybe not using him right, not using him properly. Maybe Jim Bowen don't help yeah. because he shoot a lot of threes. He does, he's settled for threes after three after three. It really was <laughs> on my hair. <laughs> That's what I have to say. <laughs> but, man, maybe Jim Bowen got some part of it because a lot of players. Early, especially early in the season, having regressed, yeah. except for Riddle Carter. Uh, at the time, Sack Levine, even Sack Levine was regressed. Maybe Chip Bowling got some. Uh, exactly. I, I would say yes, Phil, definitely. Um, I, I've been saying all this season, the regression for me has been, the problem has been 60% scheme and 40% effort. Now, the reason I say that is because I don't want to absolve the players from this. I mean, they have to go out there. They have to execute. They have to run it. And, you know, they've got to show that will. They have to show that desire. You know, they can't make the bonehead mental mistakes. You know, they have to have the high IQ plays. They have to make the right passes. They have to know when to take the shot, when not to take the shot. Those are things they control, okay? So I didn't want to absolve them from that. But definitely, I put a lot of that on the scheme that they are running out here because they clearly came in wanting to run that uh, net scheme that they had last year. And because they got Chris Fleming as assistant coach, who was a, who was a really excellent assistant. You saw what he did for D'Angelo Russell and, and that uh, team last year. You, they, they were fun to watch, but the difference uh, was, was D'Angelo Russell was a really good point guard and they were surrounded by shooters. And that was, and that was the entire difference. And they had Levert coming off the bench, who was also a great shooter. We don't have that. That's the difference here. They they do not have that, and there's something lacking because it feels like if they take a two, they just think that they're going to get shocked by an electric dog collar or something. Like I don't. It's weird watching them because you've seen. I saw Wendell Carter Jr. earlier uh, in this season and several times during the season have the ball wide open for a mid range shot and just say uh, no. <laughs> he just passes it out for to like for like a dude to shoot a three with two people on him like. He looked confused, and Lori just kind of just started lurking out at the three-point line, turning into a tall Doug McDermott, just like, dude, I'm just going to shoot the ball, and that's it. Like, I'm not going to do anything else like that. They they don't have um, that point guard with that super high IQ or that superior talent that D'Angelo Russell had, which allowed them to run that kind of offense. So you would think that, okay, well, let's change it up a little bit. They just started changing it up. It's been a slow process to them kind of changing it up even though, you know, we saw that it needs to be changed up like a while back. You're like, this isn't working. You don't want to play Denzel Valentine for some ridiculous reason, even though you're telling me you need shooting, but then you leave your best, one of your best shooters on, on the under bench. I don't, you know, th- that stuff like that is, it just bothers me. And that's the stuff I blame on scheme. And that's the stuff I blame on coaching. So yes, I definitely give Boylan uh, more of this uh, blame, especially when it comes to players like Laurie Markin and regressing. You mentioned Wendell Carter Jr. Uh he, I think, I thought he regressed just from what I just said. Like he's confused when he's when he's 
uh, has the ball on the offensive side. Like he's like, okay, do I take this shot? Do I not take this shot? Uh, uh, what do I do? Do I go inside? He hasn't developed the, any kind of post moves or anything like that, which I thought Roy Rogers was going to kind of help him with. Uh, having Daniel Gafford not play for the first month and then in his first game, he scored 21 points, which is absolutely ridiculous to me. Um, so yeah, a lot of this I put on the scheme, man. Now, I they have changed, they're, they're starting to change, they're starting to try to come around, they're shortening the rotation, you know, they're doing things like that. But yeah, a lot of this I, I definitely put on scheme, Phil. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't have. Don't, don't get me wrong. Tomas is solid. He has some solid game, but maybe we need. We still need to upgrade the point guard position. And we we still got like how many <laughs> ten point guards? Okay, I'm 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 overreacting there. But I feel you. <laughs> I mean, we need. We still need to upgrade at the point guard position. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right, Phil. Like to the point guard from, has always been my favorite position in basketball. Always. Um, because they control everything, they run everything. And uh what I've always noticed is a great point guard removes thinking. Like a great point guard just removes thought for other players. Other players don't have to worry about what what okay, what do I have to do when I get the ball? Should I move this way? Should I go this way? Should I crash the boards? Should I stay out here? Should I float? I mean, I don't know what to do. A great point guard, when he has the ball, you know exactly where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do, and he pro- uh, he projects the utmost confidence into into those players. A great example is Chris Paul and OKC. Everybody just knew it was over for OKC, and it was over for Chris Paul when he got there. But Chris Paul is a supreme talent at point guard and a supremely high IQ at that position, and he has that team as a playoff team in the West. So, I mean, when you watch that kind of stuff, even if you – people didn't like Rondo when he was here. But what, remember Rondo in the playoffs? When you saw the Bulls win those two games, yeah, everybody was just moving. There was no thinking out there. Bobby Portis, I'll never forget the game he had 19 points. And he was out there hitting wide-open jump shots because Rondo knew exactly where he needed the ball and how to get them the ball. Like, you have to have that kind of point guard. I, I never thought Sadoransky was that kind of point guard, but I liked the move because I was like, okay, he's a talent. You know, he is skilled. He's six foot seven. I know he can play. So, yeah, I have no problem with that move. But I've definitely um, been a, a little disappointed in what I've seen from him. But I don't know how much blame I put on him because I never thought he was a high IQ player anyway. But they definitely need that point guard feel. Like like you said, there's like 15 point guards on this team, man. And none of them have that kind of IQ. And none of them are, are just like that, man. But we, we need that point guard who the team can look to and have confidence in. Like when, a, when the opposing team goes on like an 8-0 run, you know, the point guard be like, okay, settle down. You know, let's run the play. Let me get whoever needs the ball to get the ball and, you know, put the ball in the hoop and, and let's get the best shot available. Like you don't have that. You don't have that leader, that general on the floor at that position, man, and they're, and it's severely lacking. Yeah, definitely, you know. And the point guards we have, basically it's a short term. Like Tomas's short term, we don't have a long term point guard. We don't have it since yeah. the Derrick Rose, and you know, and that seemed like a. I guess you can. I'm not a suspicious type of person or uh, superstitious. Mm-hmm. It seemed like a point guard curse mm-hmm. for this team right mm-hmm. now. And what, what you That's think? an interesting way to put it, man. Um, they have no. You're right. I mean, they haven't had that really excellent point guard since him. The only one I could point out was Rondo, and that was just a tough season, and he didn't uh, really yeah. come through until you know. Um, the uh, uh, playoffs, playoffs came around. Plus, he was injured and he was getting benched. And he was getting suspended. Like it was all kinds of craziness going on. With him. Then, uh, all, you know, him and Jimmy Butler and D Wade getting into it, and you know, 
all this other silliness was going on, man. But when it was money time, he came and he did his thing now. And then he got hurt. And again, of course, he got hurt. So, yeah, that adds to what you just said right there as far as the curse uh, with D. Rose and everything like that. Uh, I want I don't want to believe that. Uh, I mean, it's, it's easy to believe it's true because of what you're seeing. Uh, but I do want to believe that we have a point guard on our team or someone who could develop into a point guard that, that I need. Mm-hmm. Like I like Kobe white a lot, like a whole lot. And I just, I, I believe in him because he, because of his work ethic more so than anything like Kobe white just really wants it. And I like watching him play. Cause he really wants it. Like the, as soon as the ball leaves his hands, he forgets the shot and it doesn't matter to him if it goes in or not. Like it, it's up, it's gone. It, it, so that's why he can go two for 13 and then still, you know, smile when he's walking into practice because he doesn't even remember going two for 13. He's like, it's not even in his mind. <laughs> he's not even in his mind no more. He's like, I had 13 shots. Oh, okay, cool. Like, he, it's, he's not even thinking about it. It doesn't hurt him or anything like that. And, you know, he's a but he's a rookie. He's going to hit the rookie wall, which he did already. Uh, he's going to struggle. You're going to see him struggle on defense, which you have seen. You're going to see him have tough games, which you're going to continue to see. But his highs for me, are awesome, like, are, are really better than his lows, man. And I just really want him to develop into that guard that the Bulls need. But, yeah, it's been tough since they got rid of Derek, man. There's, there's no uh, lot to that at all. Yeah, definitely. And I, Kobe White, I do like the pick of uh, drafting Kobe White. I think he's has to be a good player. Yeah. Um, now, it's a matter – it's a question if you could be a future point guard or mm-hmm. if you could be a two-guard. What what position do you think is best suited for him? Point guard or two guard? That's that's a great question. Uh, because he came in as a combo guard. Like, you know, you can play, you know, the one or the two. Uh I like to, I would like to see him play the point guard position with Zach Levine. I'd like to see that. But of course he has a lot of work to do. And that's the thing. Yeah. He's got a lot of work to do and a lot of things he has to develop into. But for me, I'm I'd rather see him get his development in now. Like I I want to see him out there. Uh, with that starting unit, getting that development in. And the reason I feel that, because watching Sadoransky, I'm like, okay, I'm, I don't feel like what you're doing is like, okay, you got to start. I need you to start. You must start over Kobe White. I don't feel that. Like, I don't I don't feel that at all when I watch his game. I watch Sadoransky, I'm like, okay, what, you get seven points, four, four rebounds, you know, five assists. Okay, you can do that off the bench. That's cool. Like, and I see what Sadoransky's ceiling has been. You know, great game for him would be like 15 points, eight assists. That's again, I get that off the bench. Like a great Kobe White game, he might he might drop 40 on you. You know what I mean? Like that's that's hard for me to leave on the bench. Like that's hard because other teams have to worry about you on the offensive end. I just need teams to be worried about my starting lineup. You know what I'm saying? I need them to be worried about certain players in my lineup. Right now, they're only worried about Zach Levine. That's the only concern. Zach Levine is who they're worried about. If you give me Kobe, Kobe White out there, they're gonna have to worry about him, even if he goes two for 20. He still has to be someone you have to worry about because you know he can put the ball in the bucket. You know he can drive to the to the cup. Now he also works with Chris Paul in the offseason. That's that's one of his mentors, one of the guy he continues to work with. And like I said, that dude's work ethic, I love it. Like he's not satisfied with anything. He just loves playing basketball, man. He's living his dream, and I just want to see more of that, man. I, he has that skill and he has the right mindset to be awesome in this league. So that's why I want to see him get that. Uh, job at that, that starting position that point guard that's why i would like to see him is is that point guard yeah yeah and if he can it can be the point guard in the future that will solve everything basically yeah yeah <laughs> that will solve everything and let's hope so you know i know i know i read somewhere when he was in high school he he played at the two guard mm-hmm. and he never played point guard until he played in north carolina right and and that's like the lack of spirit playing that position so that's gonna take him 
some time to learn in that position playing point. Right now, he's playing two guard in the for the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Can, uh, I know you play a little bit at the one, a little bit, but you mostly play at the two. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your are you happy we bring for his rookie season? Uh, yeah, I am. I mean, he looks like a rookie, and and that's okay with I'm okay with that. Fine. Oh, uh, I don't need him to look any, I guess, any better or any worse or anything like that. Uh, he kind of looks like what I thought he would look like. And he looks like a guy, you know, that's still developing and still learning the game. Like he's had moments where the game looked like it overwhelmed him a little bit as far as uh, him just forcing up shots. Like I remember Kobe, like it didn't matter if it was a three on one break or a one on three break. He was going to the bucket, period. It yeah. didn't matter. He wasn't passing that rock. Like I, this is mine. I'm going up. Period. This is what I'm going to do. Um, he's kind of stopped that just, but very recently, you know what I'm saying? That, that just kind of changed for him. But yeah, those things are, are rookie stuff that he does, man. And like I said, his, his defense, man, it, it definitely needs some work. And that's why he can't get out there in the starting line. That's why people didn't want to see him as a starting point guard and things like that. And the fact that he has to learn to run the offense and things like that. Cause like you said, he's playing a lot of the two and where he's playing, he does at the two. He's just like, okay, I got the ball. I'm going to shoot the ball. Like it's really that simple. So at a point guard, of course, you have to be more cerebral with things and you know things of that nature and stuff like that. But it's just the fact of the skill. It's just the fact of the talent that he has that I'm going to need somebody like that on the court with a Zach Levine or even with a Lori Markin or even with a Wendell Carter Jr. to you know make teams worry you know and be concerned. But as far as his rookie season, yeah, I've I've been completely okay with it. He's he's been solid. He's given me some highs that I've really enjoyed. He's given me some lows that I knew were coming. So I haven't been yeah. just super surprised by what I've seen from him, but I am uh happy that he's here. Yeah, me too. I'm happy to see him play and I don't have high expectation for him. He's a rookie, like you mentioned. And, you know, you he have his good moments, mm-hmm. he have his bad moments. Respect that he's only nineteen. And hopefully he never cuts his hair off. <laughs> never. Right, come on, man. Never. You see Kobe White bald headed? Listen, man. Now his hair is amazing. <laughs> like yeah, it is exactly, amazing, man. man. Look, dude, look like Zeus out there. Dude looks amazing, man. Locks just yeah. flowing. You look cool. You know, I got the long hair too, so you know I'm with it. So I love it, man. I love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah, me too, man. And hopefully you will be or two go along with it. But <laughs> now. We mentioned about point guards, and here point who I thought he has a solid season, probably his best season of his career is Chris Dunn. Mm. He, you know, I believe he's ranked what top ten in steals right now. He's mm-hmm. been a solid defender. Now he still can't shoot. Mm-hmm. He still can't shoot, but he still makes some ball hit plays. But he's been solid. What, what are your thoughts on it? Oh man, uh, we've been having some discussions about Chris Dunn these past uh, few days. I've uh, been on Twitter discussing him. We discussed him on the show. And everything like that. Now, my thing has always been this. Listen, I, when Chris, we first got Chris Dunn, I was a huge Chris Dunn fan. I was very excited. He was here. I would argue up and down that this dude was going to be a problem at point guard. And he was that first year. He was awesome uh, at that point guard position. But it was like ever since he went up for that dunk against Golden State and failed and, and left his teeth in the middle of the court, it, it, it was it was a problem after that. And But but he he kind of recovered a little bit. And I started seeing, you know, signs of him, you know, kind of coming out of that funk a little bit uh, last season. But he just, man, from the, when the time the season started and, I mean, he had to deal with the injury off jump. And, I mean, he just never looked comfortable. He never looked good. And then things became glaring 
you know, when his defense wasn't there. You're like, oh, man, he really is a bad shooter. Oh, man, he really does, doesn't does have a, you know, really high basketball IQ out there on the court. Oh, man, he does foul a lot. Like, you notice those things. So that kind of put him on, on the back burner. So coming into this year, I was like, okay, look, he's going to have to either be traded or he's going to have to be comfortable coming off the bench. Because the way he was speaking, he was saying, I don't want to come off the bench. I'm a starter, and that's what I'm going to be trying to do is start. And then we were like, well, dude, you're not, you're not going to be here if you're trying to be the starter point guard. Like, it's just not going to happen like that because we're going to have to go another way. Because obviously you went and got Kobe while you got Sadoransky and you had, like you said, feel like 10 other point guards. So I didn't see how he was going to fit in that plan. Now, Chris Dunn has completely bought into the role of being uh, that guy. Because I've always said if he buys into uh, doing what he does best and being a defensive guard, he can play 10, 12 years in this league. You can see it. And he completely has bought into it. Like you said, he's been great on defense as far as steals, deflections, you know what I'm saying? Uh, locking like Trey Young hates playing him because <laughs> Trey Young always has <laughs> terrible games when he plays Chris Dunn. He has yeah. a terrible time against him, man. And he, Chris Dunn has been awesome on the defensive side of the ball. The issue with I have is that fact that Chris Dunn is out there playing the three. Now yeah. that's the main issue I've had with it, and it's the fact that he's six foot three, and at that yeah. position, one you got to be a little taller, and two I need somebody who can score. What they're going to be at that three uh, position like that now. I can't have him out there as the – I don't want him as the ball handler or the one who's running the offense because he's not the highest of IQ guys. And we continue to see those those uh, mistakes that he makes uh, with the ball, not finding the right person in the right place consistently. Sometimes he will. He'll he'll, be, he'll get a right pass to somebody and they'll drop it. Or he uh, uh, will look for somebody on the fast break and get it to him and, and they just, you know, mess it up. That has happened. And I'm not saying it hasn't, but far – more it has happened where it's been a mistake that has happened for him. Now, the biggest flaw is is the three-point shooting. Now, he's shooting about 23% from the three-point line, which is terrible. And it's up from the 19 that it was, so I'll give him that. But it's the fact that teams don't even guard him anymore when you're coming. They're basically playing, you know, four and five on the offense in the half court on the offensive side of the ball. So when you see teams, you know, when you see the Bulls get him the ball, he's wide open for three. I'm always screaming, dude, just take two steps in and take that shot. Like, then you don't have to take the three. Like, it's not necessary. If you're shooting 23%, you don't have to continue to take three threes a game. It's not necessary. Now, you could, if he could take just a couple steps in, and that could be blasphemy in this offense because they love their three-point shots. But a guy who can't shoot him, man, he just takes two steps in, shoots a jumper, and let's roll with that. I think that's a better shot for him. I think that's that'll make him more comfortable. That's, that's just my opinion on it. But – He's been solid. He's been he's been consistent on the defensive end. Um, yeah, he's he's riding the ship defensively. The the Bulls are one of the best teams, you know, in the league as far as numbers are concerned, as far as defense and stuff like that. But it hasn't converted into offense, and that's what the and that's what the flaw is. Usually, great defenders do things like that, and you can and you can see how it affects change on the other side of the ball. And that hasn't happened like that. Why? Because again, he's six foot three and playing the three. And it's a couple of his steals aren't going to, you know, affect anything if you can't score. And if he's getting like, you know, four or five fouls a game, because he gets four or five fouls a game. And, and I mean, some of them are just some bonehead fouls. You're like, man, why you make that move? Chris is not necessary, man. So it's been for me, it's been a roller coaster with uh, Chris Dunn. Yeah. It really has. And yeah, but he's, he's been awesome on the defensive end, but he's been definite liability on the offensive. And I think the NBA should change the rule instead of five, six fouls, maybe for him, 20 fouls. <laughs> 20, 20 fouls, fouls. yeah. 
twenty fouls for him. I mean, come on, you can tell he be you, you see you will see it coming that he's gonna get fouled yeah. because you know I mean to his credit he's being aggressive on defense. That's what you want from right. him. But too over aggressive, that's how you get to an early foul trouble, yeah. and you see that a lot from yeah. him, a lot. He when you reach in, he's trying to to fight through the passing lane. Uh, Whatever, man, like, trying to get steals after steals. I think sometimes you don't always steal. It's good to get steals, but sometimes you should just better not to gamble and not try to because you may get a foul call. Maybe stay on your man because it's all about defensive awareness right. and defensive pressure. Might be better for him right. so he can maybe stay on the game because we for let's face it, we need his defense. Yeah. <laughs> we need his yeah. defense right, right now. But starting at the wing, I hate I hate when Team Bone put him at the wing at two. I mean, at least start. Then some final time at the three at the thirties. I know Porter's out. Hudson, I know that's I don't know why Bowen's not playing. I know he's healthy now, or that's what he said. But um a little bit little, one question about Chris Dunn. Now trading deadline is next month. Mm-hmm. Do you see Chris Dunn getting traded? I don't actually. Uh only only because he's he's loved. Jim Boylan loves him. Like he he loves his game. And from what I've noticed about Jim Boylan, when he loves a guy. He's going to ride for him. He's going to advocate for those players, man. He just really loves who he loves. Like, you started with Ryan Archidiacono. And for this dude, again, another dude who was getting run at the three. <laughs> was Ryan Archidiacono. <laughs> it's crazy. You know what I'm saying? And, and Shaq Harrison. You know, these guys are getting run at the three. It's just, it's, that's insane. And Shaq Harrison started at the three, which is, which is yeah. just mind-blowing to me. So when he likes somebody, he's going to ride for him and try to keep them around. Um the reason I don't is because he's kind of done everything the Bulls have asked him to. He hasn't he hasn't made any kind of you know mistakes as far as like what they have asked from him. So he has bought into the system. Um, he has he has said they said, "Dude, you're, you're going to be a defensive specialist. That's what we want you to focus on." That's what he focused on. He takes the shots that they want him to take, even though I don't want him to take those threes. He's taking the shots that they want him to take. And, you know, he hasn't had gotten into anything on the, off the court or anything like that. Like, you haven't heard anything from him. He's been supportive of his teammates. His teammates love him. And he's very supportive. And he loves being here. He loves being a Chicago Bull. Um, but, yeah, so I honestly, I, I it's going to have to be some big – it's going to have to be something big for the Bulls to trade him, in my opinion. Now, for me, yeah, I would trade him immediately. Like, I, I, I would get him out of here because I think he's a luxury, personally. Uh, a guy who plays defense like that, is great on a team that has superstars starting with you. Like Avery Bradley starts over Kyle Kuzma in LA. Well, that's because you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You know what I'm saying? Patrick Beverly yeah. starting with the Clippers, you know, well, that's because you have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. You know, like those things, those are called special. I call those dudes specialists. Like Tony Allen, when he was starting, you know what I'm saying, on, on those teams that were good, you know, for the Grizzlies or even the Boston Celtics teams when he was playing. Like, you know, you have specialists and, and superstars on those teams that can say, you know what? I need somebody who just does one thing right here. I need more than that. You know what I'm saying? For, from a point guard right now on this team, this team is young and still trying to find out its identity. I need as many points as I can get. Defense ain't been the problem. The problem is they've scored 73 points <laughs> against the Hornets. Like, that's a problem, though. Like, the numbers across the board aren't good for this team offensively. That's a problem. And like I would, I would make that trade just to get some kind of offense and some kind of different kind of flow in here, man. Because you're lacking in wing depth. You're lacking very much so in wing depth, man. And you need that help. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see him getting moved though, man. The Bulls, Bulls love him. Yeah. He's done what they want him to do. Okay, th- now 
even though it's a little too soon, he's going to be a free agent, well, restricted free agent. Do you see him be back for next season? I know it's a little premature to talk about right now, but I just wanted to hear your opinion coming back next season for the Bulls. Wow, that's a that's a good question. Um, will Chris Dunn come back? I think he wants to. He like I said, he loves being here. He has said that numerous times. He really enjoys being a Chicago Bull. Um, even when his names were brought up in trade talks and stuff like that, he kept saying, "I don't want to be traded. Like I want to be here. This is this is where I want to be. I'm comfortable here." Um, you know, he's got love here and stuff like that. Like when a player when a player finds you know comfort and security, you know, what I'm saying that goes a long way with how they play. And, and things like that. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think he'll demand it. But again, he just had a child, and if the money is right, you know what I'm saying, he's gonna make that move. Now yeah. we we're gonna see what the team wants to pay him. Now we're gonna see what they want to pay him, and we're gonna see what his uh, value is out there on the market. So he'll definitely test the waters to see what his value is out there. And if his value, if he gets some, you know, really just great offer, I don't see how he would pass it up. But unless it's that. I think he would really, you know, want to return to the Chicago Bulls. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I like Chris Dunn. I like Chris Dunn. I, if the price is right, I don't mind keeping him, keeping him, hmm. you know. But it's obvious he's not a long-term point guard. And I don't, person, I don't mind moving him if it's a white deal or whatever. Right. But um, onto a player, Sack Levine. Mm-hmm. Now he's a talented guy. He he was, earlier the season, he was struggling. But after that whole today with Chimboli against the Charlotte Hornets. He still played a little bit better. A little mm-hmm. bit. Now, he still, had, he still take bad shots here and there. His defense set to desire. Um, what What are your thoughts on Zach Levine so far this season? Uh, Zach Levine, man, you know, he's been interesting. Um, my, my ultimate goal, like, ultimate goal for Zach Levine coming to this season was to, like, lead the league in scoring. That's the things I, mm-hmm. that's the stuff I wanted him to do. I didn't want him um, being a facilitator or being a creator yeah. or doing any things like that. I just wanted him to get the ball and score, period, and put put the ball into the basket at a rapid pace. That's that's all I wanted him to do. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we, we saw some of that. It's, it's been up and down, you know, to be honest. Like, sometimes you'll see it, sometimes you won't. Now, a lot of that is, for me, it's not his fault. And people have been coming at him. I've heard, I've, I've talked to a lot of people who is like, man, Zach Levine, ball hog. You know, he's taking all these shots, man, that, you know, he's just doing all, and I'm like, Zach Levine is not doing that because he's like, I got to do it. He's doing it because he's like, oh man, we have to do this. Like, cause nobody else wants the ball in the fourth quarter. If you notice, yeah. Lori Marketing runs away from the ball in the fourth quarter. Uh, Sadoransky is not, you're not worried about Sadoransky in the fourth quarter. You know what I'm saying? Then you got Chris Dunn out there and they definitely not worried about him in the fourth quarter. And yeah. you're like, okay, well, let me get it to my best player. You know what I'm saying? To see if we can, you know come on back and you know he could get get us back in this game and do things like that um so that's why i think he's taking the shots that he's taking sometimes he'll get you 35 sometimes he'll end up with 19 you know stuff like that now i want to see that game i still haven't i've seen it once in charlotte you saw him have that game in charlotte yeah now i want to see more incredible games like that because he he has to in my opinion have those kind of games to really put himself on that kind of map like that like he had i need like consistent back to back to back 30 point games i just i was just watching devin booker tonight um and devin and i saw the stat devin but it was it was his sixth straight game of 30 plus points like it's stuff like that i want to see from zach levine like yeah man you know score you know what i mean let's like, say this is what we got you for bro like this is what you do best 
Sometimes he he trying to get everybody involved. Sometimes he wants to get yeah. everybody the ball, get them going. I don't need him to do that. This is again, this is why I need a point guard because I don't need him to do that. That's that's for me. Yeah. That's not what I need him for. I need him to be like, okay, I got it. Oh, the lane is open. I'm gone. Oh, okay, let me get this fade away. I got you. Boom, three pointer, smooth. I got you. Yeah, but it's been it's been interesting for me watching him, man. Like, I, it's just I want I want to see a little bit more. I want to see that forty point game that 50 point game like i want to see that but it's hard for me to criticize him because he has been that dude for us man it has been at many times the only guy for the bulls out there uh that is trying to win and trying to score and you know trying to do his thing man who can actually hit a shot consistently so yeah man i'm I'm still rolling with zach levine i'm definitely still rolling with him man and yeah i, I just want to see that though i want i want to see him dominate a little bit more I see like a lot of people on message boards, Twitter, or, or whatever, criticize like living wrongfully so because you know, it, it, to think about it, he's the only one that can create his own shot. That's what we got on yep. the roster, You're right? Unless you want to count Kobe White, right? But Kobe White's on the bench, right? And but Zach Levine is the only guy that creates his own shot and score. That's the only guy we got, right? Um, exactly. You know, we don't have it too. Superstar, unless Lori Martin become one, right. unless Stack Levine become one, or whoever on the roster become one, you know. And I think people who criticize so look too harsh on Stack Levine. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I like Stack Levine. Mm-hmm. I, I thought mm-hmm. he's a talented guy. I remember in draft, I want the Bulls to draft him at least, but we trade up for a certain guy. I'm not gonna mention him. <laughs> <laughs> Pass over Stack Levine, and we could draft him too, by the way. Uh-huh. But. Just mentioned, I'm gonna end up getting in trouble now. <laughs> it's all right, it's okay, man. I'm rolling with you, Phil. I'm, I'm with you, man. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. We, we ended up with him anyway. It's all good. Yeah, we ended up with him, and and he seemed like a cool, nice guy. Yeah. And he, he, I, I like, I love his work ethic. You can tell every offseason he worked, try to work on his game. And you hear him on the interviews. He want, you know, he was try to work on get better on defense. Yeah. Um, he he works so hard. He has a great work ethic. Does. A great work ethic, and you know, I want to keep him. I think he has potential. To be at least a very good player, yeah. maybe a second. I don't know. You could be that superstar, but I can. I see him maybe a third option, second option, yes. whatever. And that's my opinion. Um, now, All Star is next month. Mm-hmm. Do you see Sacramento be find get into the All Star? Maybe not yet. No, I don't. I don't see him there yet. And and for the reasons I, I just I just stated, like he's got to put together those games. Of like, oh my God, I need, I need, he has to put together a string of those. Like there has to be a string of 40 plus performances, 30 point plus performances, uh, like incredible, you know, just moves and plays. He has to put on a show out there on, on a team like he has. And, you know, like I've, I've watched him playing when they were playing Utah and every time he would go inside and Gobert was there, he would, he would like have the you know, the movement that he was going to go do something nasty. But once he got up there, he's like, mm, nope, <laughs> you know, let me pass it off or let me, you know, try to get a fake pump fake layup or something like that. Or, you know, step back for this three or something like that. I just wanted him to go up and try to yam it on. I want him to go up and try to dunk it on him, man, and put it on that dude. And you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the stuff that puts you on the map. You know what I'm saying? Like, even even if you missed it, if it looked nasty, they'll put it on Center. Look at John Morant. When he jumped over Kevin Love and missed the dunk, they ran that all day long just because it yeah. looked great. You know, because it looked amazing. Because, you know, I want that. I want to see him for a guy that's a leaper, a guy that could dunk like that. I want to see him do that on somebody. Because I, I can't recall any – well, no, I can't say not any dunks he ain't dunk on nobody because I still remember that Clippers dunk he had uh, 
I can't remember whose who career he ended, but he man, he dunked on somebody in LA for the Clippers a couple years back. And it was yeah. it was just quite nasty. But I want to see more of that. So he has to put together more of those things for me, mm-hmm. for him to be an all-star. And people can't say it's because the Bulls are losing. Because look, your number one vote getter as a guard in the East is Trey Young. Okay. Yeah. It ain't winning nothing. Okay. But Trey yeah. Young puts on a show every night, 35 of eight and 11 all the time he's he's out there putting on a show out there for people and that's what they remember so zach has to just go out there man and put on the show and he's he still got time to do it man but it's you know yeah. it's not looking good right now time's ticking too and Thank we're in january yeah bro yeah here's what bugs my mind a little bit now not all it's zach Levine's fault mm-hmm. in a sense but I, I i don't remember the stats but he's not attempting to the foul line a lot because you know now there's sometimes you will try to attack the back thing and doesn't get called right. and he gets hacked some I, I seen a lot last year get hacked a lot and I see him getting hacked sometimes and he doesn't get the calls and you want him to attack the basket attack attack right. attack and get to that foul line get the foul calls I believe that lately we didn't get to the foul line that much I, I believe like what four or five free throws and other teams like get to the foul line right. more just due to team being not too aggressive, and that really boggles my mind. Sometimes, like, Gary Marquez shoot a bunch of threes. I mean, he's falling in love with too much threes. Maybe maybe he's playing with numbers threes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's hard to say about that, but, you know, it's, and I want to to succeed. He, he has talent. Yeah. He's a, he's a true, he's our only, he's our true two guard, you know? And I want him to prove Dallas wrong. Yep. And I think he still has time. He's only, what, 24, 25? Yeah, he's only 25, yeah. 25. And so, you know, he has time. He has time, but time is ticking still. Yeah. Time is ticking. It's definitely ticking. Yeah, it is. And now, the Bulls lack at wing position. Oh. <laughs> I, I look at the roster almost every day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know Porter's out with the injury, with that foot injury. It'll be a matter of time to say, oh, he's out for the season. You know how how front of us roll about injuries. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> I mean, oh, he's out for four or a few weeks. No, he will out for the season. <laughs> oh, he'll be back at all star break. Just make it official. Come on now. Yeah, man. I mean, this is not the first time he did this. Yeah. And, you know, Porter, and then you got Chandler Hutchinson, who's. And then right now he's, or just so they say, he's healthy, mm-hmm. but Chimbone refused to play him. And I thought Ch- Chandler Hutchinson, he's inconsistent, but he, I believe he's averaged 13 points per game out there, but we lack wing position, but, you know, um, I, I think it Bull should start Denzel Valentine at the three and let, put Dunn back out of the bench. What, what do you think? Uh, I, I completely agree with you, actually. Um, I definitely want to see Denzel Valentine start. And the reason, and, and look, I'm not the biggest Denzel Valentine fan, uh, but I'm, but at that position and consistently what the Bulls keep lacking is three-point shooting and basketball IQ and ball handlers. And that's exact. That is Denzel Valentine. Like that's what he does. He shoots threes. He handles the ball, yeah. and he has a really good basketball IQ. Now he's slow as molasses. The dude cannot jump at all, yeah. and and he has deficiencies yeah. definitely on defense. Oh my goodness! Like they're not good, man, at all. Yeah. But yeah, but your problem has been somebody who they can't uh, just cheat off of on the offensive end. So my thing is, if he is out there. He's, he's a guy like that opens the floor for players like Zach Levine and players like Laurie Marketing who like to drive the basketball. 
So you can't cheat. You know, you can't double team and triple team Zach because Denzel will make you pay if you leave him wide open like that. He'll he'll make you pay. You know, he'll hit a wide open three for you. Like that's going to happen. And he can actually handle the ball and, and, you know, call that offense and find out and find the open play and realize Lloyd Marketing has like Josh Alvarea on him and he needs the basketball and needs to get him the ball and things like that. So those are the reasons I want Denzel to start. He fits that mold of a three yeah. that you need more so than Chris Dunn would. And Chris Dunn would be perfect. Chris Dunn's perfect for me coming off the bench. Bringing in a defensive dog yeah. like that off the bench, man, to hound your guys is great. And, I mean, he can play in the fourth quarter too. Just I don't want to see him in crunch time unless I need, you know, defensive stops and things like that. But, again, yeah. that stuff coaching has to realize. That stuff coaching has to do. Like, they got to know that and they got to see that. Now, he, he's had a problem with Denzel Valentine being, being in the doghouse and stuff like that. So, he hasn't played. Like, he didn't play at all uh, last game. And things like that. So, yeah, man, it's it's tough when you have a coach who doesn't, you know, like or doesn't want to play uh, a player like Denzel Valentine, man, and wonder why you guys, you know, struggling. And it's like you're you you know, it's like spiteful, it's prideful. You know what I mean? And those kind of people kind of fall yeah. by the wayside, you know, when you do stuff like that. Because we are we trying to win. I don't care nothing about the pride, man. Yeah. I'm trying to win, man. So. Let's just get our best players out there who can help us win. I think Denzel can definitely do that for you from that position. Yeah, I mean, like you said, we I believe we're we're, we're last in three point shooting this this season, and Brown Time bring that provide three point shooting, provide a uh, little bit of playmaking, provide ball handling. Now defense, <laughs> um, not good, not uh, good, <laughs> not good. I'm I'm a better defender than him. My dog's better than him. <laughs> okay, okay. all right. And now don't get me started about how high I jump. I'm not gonna debate. Maybe I don't. Jump. I don't <laughs> That's hard to say. But, but I mean, I think they should start him because you know he provides you. You need he. That's what we need. We need shooter to space yeah. out to put pressure out. Like Zach Levine, especially like Zach Levine, Laurie Marketing, you know, they, when they attack to drive and kick or when they, you know, have the shooters open. And I don't know what Jim Bowling think. I always like to say Jim Bowling doing bowling things. That's why. <laughs> yeah. And that's what he's doing nowadays. This, this season, he's doing bowling yeah, things. Man. I mean, come on. I, I remember I remember they asked him a question. I can't remember what question was it, but you said, because I said so yes. or something like that. He was being. A, yes. Uh, and, but, and then order part, it's a matter of question if he's gonna be back this season. I still have no faith he's gonna be back this season. Mm-hmm. We see. Uh, I don't see the Bulls make a trade or anything. Do you see the Bulls making any trades? I know we heard that is we heard reports about that as young one mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. or as the Bulls. Actually, actually, I do. I do see them um, being active. Um, and and for that player, like you said, Thaddeus Young. Um, I mean, he doesn't want to be here. He doesn't like the f- the fact that he's not playing. And part of me is like, okay, well, I feel you because you know you, you're starting Shaq Harrison at the three. And he's like, what? <laughs> he's like, dude. <laughs> he's like, really? Like, dude. Like, come on, man. I can do that. And even starting Chris Dunn at the three. He's like, oh, dude, come on, I can do that. But Thad Young, I'm not gonna say heck like he's been great because he hasn't. He hasn't been great. He's been yeah. cool. You know, he's done some cool things and like that. But he's he's definitely a role player. And for me, he's also look, looking at him I'm like, oh, OK, you're also a luxury guy also. So you're like a guy like if I have everything set, I just need a guy I could plug in. Like I need that tough guy. I need that guy who might, you know, get those points. You no know, three. Oh, yeah. Get, let's get that young. That'd be great. So it's like, yeah, I need that. But right now we're not set. 
You know, there's no identity. We're not set on anything like that. So I don't think we have room for luxuries. And I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to get just, you know, I'm trying to find out who we are. And if he doesn't want to be here and, you know, we aren't using him correctly uh, in his opinion, then, okay, yeah, let's. I would I would assume the Bulls will make that move uh, to try to get him out of here and try to get some more wing depth because that is definitely what they're lacking. Try to get some wing depth and try to get some point guard help uh, in here and maybe get rid of a couple of other point guards that they have and things like that. So, yeah, I, I, I see them being active uh, at that trade deadline, you know, trying to move a player like that, you know. Okay, now here's my issue about trading Darius Young. Sure, now, yes, sure. yes, sure. We we lack a at wings position, but but if we do trade Darius Young for a wing somehow, yeah, sure, you cover the wing. But who's gonna be your backup four? <laughs> who's gonna be your backup four? Um, Hudson, Changer Hudson. I don't like the idea of having play at the four. I mean, can he stretch the floor at all? Right. Can he fill and or Porter's out due to the injury, you know, he's more basically a wing. Right. Who's going to be your backup in marketing? Right. For me, those are luxury problems. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm like, dude, yeah. I'm just trying to get, I'm just trying to get best players out here. I, I, I love Daniel Gafford. Daniel Gafford can't play the four or anything yeah. like that. He's definitely your center, but Wendell Carter Jr. can play the four. He could definitely play, play that position. So uh, I would like to see lineups with uh, Daniel Gafford at the five. And Wendell Carter Jr. at the okay. four, or even Laurie Marketing at the four, and they can they can run that three ro- three man rotation right there. Now you can cheat minutes right. with uh, Chandler Hutchinson at the four. You know, like you said, like I don't, it's not a thing I want to be comfortable with. Just always bringing him in at the four, but there are definitely uh, uh, times and possessions and teams that you can play him at the four against, and you can get away with it. So, but again, that's going to take good coaching and stuff like that to to you know figure those things out. But yeah, you can cheat you know, around with some things like that. So yeah, they, they can, you can lose that young and you can still be okay because having him hasn't, it hasn't, you know, just been like, Oh, we got to have him. We got to have him out there, you know, messing up fast breaks and stuff like that. Like, no, I don't, I don't need to have him, you know what I'm saying? Well, I need to figure out who we are first. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, maybe Chimboli do a bowling thing. Put Chris Dunn start at the four. <laughs> that's <laughs> definitely a boiling thing, though. But I'm saying that's yeah. a boiling thing. Yeah, I like his toughness. I like his heart. I like his grit. <laughs> I like how he battles. Yeah. I like he battles. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah the classics. Oh. The classics. <laughs> yeah, you can tell you Chimboli might be a. Uh, you know, like a military stuff when you you mm. these interviews. <laughs> oh mm. man, I like I like I like how we battle. How we grit. Yeah, we battle. I'm so proud, even though we lost, but I'm still proud. Or something like that. Uh, I'm like, come on, shut up. Please shut up. I want to say, just shut up. Oh, man. And, oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, um, now, we, we did talk a little bit about Riddle Carr, and we will talk a little bit more about him now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was being, you can say, somewhat consistent. I was not defensively, but we, you mentioned about uh, he doesn't really – be aggressive obviously you just ignore open jumpers ignore or uh, post up or or uh, whatever i see every time pass up open looks open looks most of the time and he was he, i don't know it's either him decide or it's either the coach want him not to shoot the open chart be aggressive i don't know what the case is what, what do you think uh i think it was him them telling him not to shoot those shots early on uh because you can see how like Looking at him this year from as compared to last year, it just for me looks like a lot of lack of confidence in, in what he's doing out there. 
last year I saw all the confidence in the world in him. Like he really looked like he felt like one of the best players in the league when he would play. And he had a confidence about himself. You know, he had a, the way he would just perform out there on the court. There was a consistency in him where it wasn't just 11 points, 10 rebounds. It was like 18, you know, it, it was going to stretch of like 20 and 10 and stuff like that, you know, because he was, you know, getting the ball and making moves down there in the post. And now you look at him this year and I can't tell you how many times he's passed out of wide open layups and kicked them out for, you know, much harder three point shots. And you can tell that's something that's been taught, something that's been told to him and something that they're like, no, this is what we are now. This is what we're doing. Only in the past few games have you seen that change. And, like, in the past few games, you've seen him actually take more three-point shots. Like, they, they got him out there shooting more threes now. Now, it's not something I want to see him doing all the time. But, again, that looks like something they yeah. told him. You know what I mean? Like, okay, dude, like, go out there and we're going to need you to shoot some threes. Okay, it's okay if you shoot these uh, uh, mid-range jump shots and things like that. And a couple of those shots that he takes at the mid-range just didn't look confident to me. Like, when he goes up, immediately I can tell if he's confident in the way he shoots it or not. Like, you can read it. You can be like, oh, no, he don't feel right. Oh, no. Oh, okay, yeah, that one looks confident. That one looks good. You know, things like that. So he's been a, he's been a guy who I think can fall asleep and just walk backwards into 10 points and 10 rebounds. Like, he, that's just what he can do. So watching him average, like, 12 and 10, I'm like, well, dude, you can do that, you know, just by waking up, you know, like rolling over, you know, and coming, you come from the club hung over and get you 12 points and 10 rebounds. But what I'm looking for, you know, I wanted the 18 and 14. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wanted that from him. Like, that's what I was looking for. That's what changes games. And that's when teams got to worry about you is, is when you're doing things like that. So I wanted to see more post moves develop. His, his post game has not developed uh, from last year. Um, I didn't realize how much he shot with his left hand in the post because he definitely shoots with his left hand more when he's down there on the post, which is good if it's working, you know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah. Yeah. but I mean, yeah, he's, it's, he's solid. He's a solid player who I think can do more because he's shooting 54% from the field, shooting about 20 some percent from the three point line. You know what I mean? Like, you know, 12 and 10, like those are solid numbers, but I, he, he, he's better than that. In my opinion, he, he yeah. can do more than just yeah. solid numbers. I, I agree. I agree. He needs to be more aggressive. Um, I think he has potential to be a good two-way player. Yeah. Uh, and we need more than that than two-way players, not like Denzel Valentine. <laughs> or Chris Dunn. Talk, wink, talk. wink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he has potential to be a two-way player. He needs to be aggressive obviously. I mean, I think there are a lot of times he's too, what's the word I'm looking for? Unselfish? Mm. Uh, I, I would say unselfish and unsure. Uh, okay. A lot of times he just isn't sure about if I should take this shot or not, or is this okay to do? And again, that's something I look at coaching for because he shouldn't okay. he shouldn't have that in him right now. Like that shouldn't be in him. He should have just utmost confidence in whatever shot he wants to go up and take. So for me, that's that's on coaching for me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And hopefully he turns around. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe the you know. I, uh, remember this, Ronnie Rogers, who is our one of the assistants. He, according to reports, that he's the one that turned. Helped a little Clint Capella when he was assistant. Correct. Used to maybe, maybe a one full year for, with him may help him for the next season. Maybe I'm. That's why I'm hoping for it. And same with Lauren Marketing mm. for the big man coach. Maybe. Yeah. That, I'm just saying. No, I agree. That's that's how I felt, and I, I think he actually uh, fits fits more for Daniel Gafford than anything because Daniel Gafford's okay. game just reminds you of Clint Capella, like you know a guy who catches catches a uh, catches lobs, 
who dunks on you all the time, who gets all the offensive rebounds, and who blocks the shot and runs the floor. And he does that well. Like when Gafford comes in, he changes games. Now he's a guy who I point to when I when I talk about defense that can change momentum. Like those blocks that he gets on some of those guys, like they change the momentum. Like they build the energy up for your team. You know, he swats that away and then he's the first one down the floor to finish at the other end. Like you got to start recognizing that and start rewarding that dude for stuff like that because he's, he's, a, he's a monster. Like he's a beast out there with that, man. He has no fear. Like he has none of that in him, man. He, he's, a, he's a shot blocker. You know, he's, a, he's an offensive rebounding machine. It's what he does. And he can score. And he puts the ball in, you know, because he shoots no jumpers. Everything's around the basket. Everything is around the basket, man. They got to find a way to get more minutes for him. He can't just play 12 minutes a game. They got to find a way to get more minutes for this dude, man. He, he's too much of a talent to me. I agree. I agree. And it takes Tim Bowling long to put him on the rotation because before it was Luke Cornett playing oh, five. Oh my God. And oh, don't get me started with, oh, man, that blitz we have on that defensive game with Luke Cornett on there. Yeah. What do you think, you Bowling? Yeah. First off, it's Kit Combs. Luke Cornett is not the quickest guy. Right. Not very mobile, I Joe. And you still blitz with him on the floor. Right. We got killed on that a dozen times. And it takes a Jim Bowen to a while to put down that. It takes like an injury, I believe. Look, current with that that nose injury, I believe, to put uh, Daniel Gaffer on the rotation, and he he blocked shots. And I, I like what I see. I like the pick when the Bulls drafted him last year in the second round because we, I believe the Bulls need win protection. We need a backup better than Felicio for that matter. And, <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely and, right. And he's very a big man. Can run up and down floor, and I, I like what I saw so far. But he needs, like you said, he needs more than twelve minutes. Yeah, more than twelve minutes, maybe I don't know, twenty minutes, maybe at, at least, maybe a little bit more. But he's, he's got to play, but, man. He's got to play. Got to play, and you know, you need you need. And Bulls are not good at defensive team, too. Right. So you need you need that shot protecting rim. Now, let's talk about Chimbone. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, he's such a frustrating guy. He is. Yes, he really. I, I mean, there like like I mentioned in the top beginning of the the episode, this podcast, we have expectation for the Bulls to make a playoff. Even Tron Paxson stayed, or Jim Bowling stayed, even though they they say, oh, oh, we 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 didn't say we got the play expectation to compete for the playoff or something along the line, <laughs> which that's not true. Come on now, yeah. And Jim Bowling just now. I will admit this. When we hire Frank Holbert, I would like to say, let's get Jim Bolin as assistant coach, okay? Okay, we did. We reached right. was under pops. Now, him as a head coach, fast forward, a head coach. Oh, come on. <laughs> if I give him a grade, so far, I give him an F. An F. Oh, man. Uh, I mean, it's hard for me to argue that. Honestly, it's it's been tough. I, I'd give him a D minus. Um, okay. I give him a D minus. Um, but man, dude, I'm not gonna argue with anybody giving him an F, honestly. And you know what's funny? Like Jim Boylan is just the nicest guy, too. Like when you yeah, if you get yeah. a chance to meet him and speak to him, very personable, very nice, very kind. You know what I'm saying? One of those guys, you know, he's he's very cool to talk to and all that. But right. some but when it comes to him coaching, he has a stubbornness about him, you know, yeah. when it when it comes to him in coaching. And Man, when you try to tell him something's wrong or, you know, you're pointing out something to him, like, he's he's quick to be defensive and things like that. Yeah. 
and listening to him in the press conference, you're like, what? <laughs> like, bro, what are you talking about? Like, we don't understand. Like, we don't, I, that doesn't make any sense to us and things like that. So, yeah, man, like he's been, he's, it's, it's been frustrating uh, watching him coach, man. So the only reason I give him a D minus is because, you know, just some of the injuries he had to deal with, having to deal with Otto Porter Jr. Uh, getting hurt and trying to figure out who to plug and play and things like that. But, man, dude, it's hard, it's hard for me to argue with somebody saying um, uh, he, he deserves an F for what he's done. It's really hard for me to argue with stuff like that. But, you know, just seeing, uh, you know, how Chris Dunn has kind of, you know, accepted a role and bought into what Jim Boylan is saying and turned into who we thought, who at least who I thought he should have been and things like that. I'm like, okay, well, I see one player who he's helped, you know. But, man, the regression of Lori. Uh, Zach still not, you know, where we need him to be as far as mentally, the, not getting the point guard in, trying to force the wrong offense, you know what I mean, on the team that isn't working, not playing certain players just because you don't, you know, like their their face or the fact they didn't play football or something. The certain substitutions, the the Archie Diacono getting all these minutes for a while, like all these things, man, like you're like, you know, just shake your head at some of them, you know. And yeah, it's 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 been tough, tough year, man. Been a tough year for him. Yeah, it is. And you know, now two separate questions. I probably know the answer to the question, but I'll ask you anyways. The, yeah. the two questions regarding Jim Bonin. Okay. Do you see him get fired after this season if the Bulls continue to go south? Or let's Ooh. say they don't make the playoffs. Do you see him go get fired or and do you want him to get fired? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't want him to coach his team anymore, no. Um, right. I think I've seen enough for I'm like, okay, yeah, I got it. All right. We good. Thank you. Um, yeah. I, I think that I've seen. Yeah, I think that's the bottom line for me. I've, I've seen. I've seen what I enough and to make an assessment of. Okay, I don't want him to coach the team uh, anymore. And I'm not saying he can't coach uh, somewhere else or go somewhere else and be yeah. a good coach. But I know for these group of players and what they have right now and the regression that I've seen, they they've got to go in another direction and, and figure something else out. Especially how he got hired. You know, just no coaching uh, search or anything like that. Uh, they just went ahead and said, you know, you're the one, you know, and then to give him a three-year deal on top of that. Yeah. It was just like, well, we didn't understand why you had to give him a three-year deal. Like I, I just didn't get those kind of things, but it hasn't worked. Like it's, it continually has not worked, man. Like it's something, it's a miscommunication going on between him and the players. Like, and the players, remember that Charlotte game after that game when everybody's high-fiving each other and they even want to talk yeah. to him. Like, yeah, yeah dude, they didn't even want to give him a, a handshake. Like, for me, that said it all right there. That was like, okay, you can't coach the team, bro. Like, it, it can't because whether you like it or not, it's a player's league. And if the players are not feeling you, then, I mean, come on, man. You can't choose the coach that's over the problem. players. Like, that's just not how it's going to go. That's that's a problem, Phil. Like, that's a problem. So, I, I believe they, sh- they have shown who they want to be their coach. And I'm sure they like Jim. I like Jim. You know what I'm saying? I think he's a really good dude. I right. really do. I really like the dude. Right. And but as far as the coach, man, no, he he got a role. He got a role, man. Now, do you, you do you think he will get fired after this season? Now that's the question. That I don't know because I can see the Bulls still creeping keeping him, and then I can see them also making a move to get him out of here. Uh, but then making a move to get him out of here means you're paying another coach who you know to go away. That'd be the third coach you paid to go away. And yeah. man, dude, that's a, that's a bad track record, you know, paying three straight coaches in, in less than 10 years um, to go away, man. It's, it's not good. 
So yeah. um, I, I, I wouldn't care though if they felt like that. I still want them to pay him to go away. Like, like I still want that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but will it happen? Yeah. Man, dude, that's a great question. And honestly, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know because I could I I'm 50-50 on it. Honestly, I can see why they would keep him just because they love him so much. And I can see, and for all the reasons I listed, I can see why he should be uh they would let him go. So yeah, it's 50-50 for me uh, in their perspective. Okay. Now here's my take regarding Chim Bolin. I mentioned this before. Chim Bolin is like a clone of in a sense, a clone of Scott Skiles. The only difference is Scott Scott have a reputation to turn teams around. He, he did it when he was coaching for the Bulls. Jim Bowling, not much. Mm. And Jim Bowling, is, he's like a like a high school coach, basically. Ugh. And <laughs> this is a professional league right there. And then he just, I want I want him gone. I'm sure, he, like you mentioned, he's a nice guy though and stuff. But as coaching, he's not doing a good job. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we had our players regress. The season, yeah. I mean, a lot, how, so many players. It's one thing with one player regress, but a lot of players on the roster are being regressed, even Sack Levine, including yeah. Sack Levine, and, and that's just unheard of. Yeah, yeah, it's unheard of. And you know, I, I want Jim Bowling gone. I don't see, honestly, I don't see Jim Bowling get fired because you know what you mentioned. You know, they just gave him a three year, three years extension, right? So quickly, I don't know. They, this is the second time they do the uh, search. The second, right. the first time with the. Um, after they fired Tom Thibodeau and they, they hired Fred Holberg without no full search, and this is the second time they did it. Which, right. in my opinion, I think the front office is just being lazy. That's why they don't do the, the full search. I mean, I'm a lazy guy too, but come on now. <laughs> <laughs> come on now. Even I would do a full search if I was a GM for anything, for that matter. If right. I had to fire a coach, I would do a full search. Right. Now, this 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 this, this could be a little bit fun. Let's let Chim Bowling do get fired. Mm-hmm. Who you have in mind to replace him? Look, man, my friend, my my friend kept asking me that same question, and I had I was like, dude, honestly, I don't know, and I don't care. I was like, if you want to bring in Barack Obama to coach the team, I'm with it. Like, uh, man, dude, we just need some some kind of different thing. And I mean, there are plenty of good. I mean, I'm still upset we didn't get Monty Williams. I'm still upset at that. Uh, if Chris Fleming wants to coach the team, cool. I'm with that too. So there are. For me, I have to look at the pool and see who's out there, you know, in the offseason because I don't have like, oh, man, I need him to come coach my team. This this coach has to do it. I don't have one of those. The only one I had was Monty Williams. Like, I really wanted Monty Williams to be that coach. But since he's not available anymore and, and he's actually over there winning games in Phoenix, uh, when everything becomes uh, available, I could definitely evaluate it more. But I'm telling you, Phil, if, if they were like, man, I'm hiring Phil as the coach of the Bulls, I'm going to be like, cool. Like, <laughs> like it's going to be all right with me, man. <laughs> I'm with anybody right now, man. Just somebody got to come in and, and be something different. Okay. I was about to say, I'm throwing my name at the, uh, the name out of the hat. <laughs> right. It's, it works for me. It works for me, Phil. Yeah, it works for me. me. Yeah. I, I'm a good coach on the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> Show them your 2K resume. Let them know. Exactly, yeah. Uh, see, I won multiple championships. Right. Yeah, there you go. That's what's up. And I make some good moves here and right. there. Now, I mean, I be able to get superstar here and there all the time, right. but my resume, speaking of <laughs> but you know, yeah, I, I, I do know one coach who is available right mm-hmm. now. It's Dave A. And okay. I like to see him. I like to see the Bulls go after him. You said Dave. They, they, he used to coach for Sacramento Kings last Oh, year. yes, yes, yes. You know, it's funny you were saying that because he he was a guy that popped in my head while I was talking about coaches. 
he he was definitely okay. one that popped in my head. Um, because you know, I, like you said, he he was solid in Sacramento. And they, of course, they got rid of him to upgrade, you know, to Bill Walton. I mean, to, uh, Luke Walton and, and things like that. Um, but yeah, I, I would fine, great, bring him. I'll take him. Like like bring him in. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm okay with it. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm saying here. I'm I'm out for Dave Ager, or I'm out. I as long the Bulls do a full search. I want them to do the right thing. Do yes, the full yes, Phil. Yes, not not that one. There's oh, I like this guy. You be the next coach. I'm not gonna do the interviews. Do the full search like Phoenix did, and Phoenix did a good job right. doing full search, and they hired Molly Williams. Mm-hmm. And Phoenix being a pretty fun team this season, being a competitive team right. this season, right? So, you know, that's what happens when you do that full search. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> when you do your homework. Come on now. Yeah, man. Do your homework. Do your homework, bro. I, yeah. I mean, I know homework sucks and all, but come on <laughs> But you got to do it. How is she going to pass? You got to do it. Exactly. How is she going to pass? Yeah, you're a team. Do your job. If you don't want to do your job, give me the, your job. <laughs> that's right, man. We got 2K Legend over here, man. He'll do his thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, do you at the end of the close to the end of the season, do you see the Bulls make the playoffs? Oh, now it's the thing. I I continually say yes. I see them making the playoffs. Okay. Um, just because you know the East is not good, and as bad as the Bulls have been, they're still what like two and a half games out. <laughs> like it's crazy. Yeah. Like it's yeah. crazy that they're still this close to being there. So they are like one run away from being in the playoffs, and that run could come. And uh our favorite month of February when uh, Otto Porter Jr. comes back or, or February as I call it now. And because that's the month Lori likes to just show out, do his thing. And so, yeah, I can see them just having that one awesome month doing what they do best and, and sneaking into that HC. Cause it's not like the East is just crawling with dudes who, who are just really just incredible. I mean, we bet the other teams competing are like Detroit who we haven't lost to yet. Charlotte, you know, who we all who we keep beating except for that first game. And you know, it's just other teams we're not concerned with. And Orlando just lost Jonathan Isaac. And, you know, so they're gonna be uh struggling for a minute, you know, trying to replace that yeah. while he's going. So they have an opportunity to go ahead and you know make a move and uh try to get these wins up. But yeah, I see them actually being that AC in the playoffs, man. I'm I'm really rooting for that. I really am I'm really rooting for the Bulls to get in the playoffs. Yeah, um, they just need to get maybe a few winning streak. And when I say winning streak, I don't mean two game winning streak, three games winning streak. I meant maybe at least five, six. Mm. Or that's more, that's, or that's gonna lie. That's <laughs> yeah. gonna lie. But you're right. But you're absolutely right, man. I can't even tell you the last time I've seen the Bulls have a three game winning streak, which is insane. But yeah. yeah, man, it's been tough. But yeah, you're right. They got to put together these wins, man. It's not going to be easy with, the, especially this month with the schedule. I mean. You know, you got the Pacers coming up. You got you got to uh, play the Celtics again. I mean, you know, you got the Sixers. You know, you got the Bucks again. Uh, the Kings aren't, you know, easy. I mean, you got the Spurs, you know. I mean, you got the Nets. You know, like, you know, they're, they're going to be teams that they're going to struggle against. And, of course, you know, you got teams that you can beat, like the Wizards and, you know, maybe even the Pelicans. But, you know, who knows? You know, you could have an off night on those games. So it's going to be interesting, man. But I think um, – yeah, they just got to put some some wins together, like string as many together as you possibly can. I mean, it sounds easy to say, but that's exactly what they have to do, man. So, yeah, hopefully they can get those winning streaks going on, Phil. It, w- it would be nice to see. Yeah, and hopefully it starts tomorrow. They're playing, but they're playing against Dallas, and Lauren Market is already ruled out. Yes, doubtful. doubtful. Yeah, yeah, doubtful. So I'm assuming Dallas Young will start at the four, unless 
Bowling's doing bowling games. Dude, I'm not assuming anything, honestly. I'm not assuming anything. <laughs> I don't I don't know what they're going to do. But, man, I, I, what I would like to see is them start Daniel Gafford and put uh, Wendell Carter Jr. at the four, if that's the case. Okay. I, would, I would like to see that. But, again, I'm not going to assume anything because I promise you we're going to look up and it's going to be Archie Diacono at the four, and, and we're going to roll like that. So I'm saying oh, I'm, I'm not going to assume <laughs> nothing, man, but, you know, let's see let's see what happens. Yeah. Watch him will we'll play all five point guards. Right. <laughs> Just wanted to catch him off guard. Just wanted to catch him off yep, guard. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but – uh, we'll see. I'm hoping they'll turn these around soon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Bulls turn around, get maybe at the you know, of course, the eight seed. We're not there in ten seed, I believe, right now. After mm-hmm. that loss yesterday, we were the ninth seed, I believe, before yesterday. They were, yes. Yesterday. Okay, right. yeah. And mm-hmm. now after the loss, it's not too slot down. Mm-hmm. And I was looking today. So if if the season over, it the Bulls will have the number seven pick of the draft. Boy, we love that number seven pick, don't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> love it, but oh yeah, loving it. But you think seven is supposed to be a lucky charm, but Mm-mm. it's not. It's not. No, not for the Bulls. <laughs> not for the Bulls. Now, it's great talking to you. It was a great talk about the Bulls or anything. You know, they gave us a headache this season for the Bulls. My blood pressure was probably up. I haven't seen it for a while, so who knows? <laughs> but it, it's great talking to you and. You're, you're welcome to come back to the podcast uh, if you're up for it. Oh, definitely, Phil. I really appreciate you reaching out, man, having me on the show, bro. Thanks for having me on. Of course, I had a blast with you, man. And, man, we can definitely do this again. Definitely, definitely. And if we'll, we'll do this again. I'll let you know. Um, follow me on Twitter, P2H10. Let's Talk Podcast has a page. Um, give it a like, and I will update as much as I can as long uh, when there's a, a new guest, new episode, or anything like that. And Let's Talk Podcast is available nine different platforms. Um, you can listen to all the episodes I have, including this one, for nine different platforms, such as Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, Stitcher, um, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Breaker, and Google Podcasts. Uh, all nine. I've been on the road lately. <laughs> <laughs> Doing your That's thing. Take note. Uh, bulls, <laughs> but that's hard to say. But now, uh, is there anything you want to plug in, like a Twitter, YouTube show, podcast, or anything? Like uh, that? definitely, you could check us out on. You can check out myself, Matt, and John doing the Bulls Outsiders post post game show. Uh, after every Bulls game, following the post game show of uh Jason Wendell and Kill. I'm sorry, Jason Wendell and uh, who did I say? I said Kill because I combined both of their names together. But Jason <laughs> Kendall. And will <laughs> that's what I was trying to say. Uh, following them uh, on NBC Sports Chicago, you can check out uh, the podcast I do, uh, called Bow on Bulls with my boy Chris, uh, on our website at ballsports.com. You can listen to it on any platform, uh, that's out there. Uh, we're, we're there, trust me, any platform, Spotify to iTunes, whatever, we're out there. Uh, on Twitter at Ball Sports, and Chris is at Ball Sports One. And on Instagram, we are also at Ball Sports, B A W L Sports. Yeah, check it out. I, I can't remember about the when I introduce you, I'm gonna say, Bow! <laughs> There you go. How's that? Sound? You got it. You got it. <laughs> you that, got it. Bro. Yeah. I gotta remember that. So the next time you're on my pocket, that's what I'm gonna do when I do the introduction. Uh, I have a guest. Uh, he's a co host of the Outsider podcast. Uh, book. <laughs> 
I, I still need to work on it, but it's it, it will be perfect. Next, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. And next, wait, yeah, next Tuesday, I will have a guest named Nick. We will talk about DC Comics stuff, DCEU, uh, some DC stuff. So check it out next Tuesday. Are you any comic fan? Oh kids? man, what? Yes, <laughs> I, uh, I, I haven't read comics in a while, but I grew up definitely on comics. I was a big okay. Marvel head um, when I was okay. younger. DC comics, I didn't really read or get into, which is interesting because I always felt like DC had like better TV shows than, than Marvel okay. did, like on network TV. Like DC, I thought they had just better shows. But coming up, man, dude, it was X Men, X Factor. Um, oh yeah. Man, dude, like uh, uh, Spider Man was was huge for me. Um, you know, when the Acts of Vengeance series was out, I was a huge fan of that. I mean, uh, the Death of Superman is but is one of the best comics I ever read. Um, yeah, man, like yeah, I, I I definitely was a comic book head for a while. Okay, uh, believe it or not, I haven't read the Death of Superman comic. Yeah, I don't know why. I, there I, you, I how dare you feel? <laughs> I know. And I'm I've been growing up as a comic fan. Uh, I've been buying comics for a while. I've been off and on basically, mm -hmm. but uh, but I do watch the movies like the DC. Oh yeah, yeah. MCU. Oh yeah. Watch, watch, I mean, especially the memes. Oh yeah, they're they're great. They're mm -hmm. great. Um, we have one coming up. I think next month, Birds of the Prey. Oh okay, all right. Yeah, uh, Birds of Prey is coming out next month, and Wonder Woman is coming out in June. Yes, it is. Yes, Wonder Woman's yeah, coming. So Black Widow's on the way too. So, uh, yeah, that's that one's coming out in May. Yeah, uh, of this year. So I'm looking for it. I've always thought their movies are good. well. MCU is being a little bit better than DCU, even though DC. Yes. Oh yes. Good one. Yeah. So that's my take. You, you say you're a Marvel fan, right? Definitely, definitely Marvel definitely. guy. What's your who's your favorite characters? Favorite Marvel characters? Oh man, I was big. Like I said, Spider Man was my favorite. I always okay. liked Colossus, even though he was just a, a, a guy from you know on X Men and things like that. But I mm -hmm. always liked Colossus, man, because okay. I don't know why. I just I just related to him because he was a big dude, you know, who was strong. I was like, hey, I, I understand that, you know, and, and he looked cool, <laughs> and he looked cool yeah, when he would turn in, into Colossus. You know, he gets silver and everything like that. But I liked him a lot. Um, oh man, Doom was also a guy I liked a lot. Doom was just man one of the greatest villains ever. Um. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so those goes guys guys like that. You know, one of my favorite like Spider-Man villains all time was Craven the Hunter. Oh, okay. And, and yeah. yeah, people never talk about Craven a lot, but I thought Craven was was just awesome and amazing. Some dude went, you know, just he was crazy. <laughs> Craven was yeah. crazy, dog. Like yeah. Craven was a wild dude. And I would like to see them bring uh him him back and things like that. But yeah, definitely those guys like Spider-Man and X-Men and X Factor. Um uh, death was one of my. You remember, it used to be Angel, but then you know, he, you oh, know, yeah. died in the apocalypse turned him. My favorite comic book of all time was that when, when he came back, it's death. That was just the shock of the year for me. And so, yeah, like those guys, I've always uh loved those kind of guys. Yeah, cool. cool. I, I believe I read somewhere that the Spider Man movie, they're gonna make another Spider Man movie. I heard that they're gonna bring Craven at. Um, the Dude, I know I can't wait, man. They, I was like, don't tease me like that, Marvel. Don't tease <laughs> me like this. You know, I'm yeah. gonna get in front and center when they do that. I can't wait to see what they do with that because they've never let me down. Marvel is is rare. Like usually coming up, man. You know, those movies would always let you down. You didn't. You didn't, You would go there just like you know. I'm just happy to see a superhero on, on there. I don't care. You know what I mean? Like right. fine. I don't care. It's fine. It's cool. But you know, Marvel since the first Spider Man has 
has not let me down. I haven't been disappointed or anything. Like there are just some that you might say, oh, okay, I like this one more than the other one. But I just have not flat out said, you know what? I don't like it. You know, I, I have not said that. even the Hulk movies. Like I just haven't, I just flat out haven't said that yet. So yeah, man, I appreciate Marvel. They they do their homework and yeah. and they they reward the person who reads and knows it as much as they reward the person who doesn't know anything about it. So they do a great job of that. Yeah, definitely. I, I love their MCU movies. Uh, they're they just they haven't let me down. They haven't yeah. let me down. It just ain't. Uh, knock on wood. <laughs> yeah, knock on wood. Right, right. right. DC, <laughs> yeah. but, DC, on the yeah. other hand, DC has definitely let me down quite a few times. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. I mean, now there there are some good DC movies like the Batman trilogy. Yes, of um, course. Of course. Aquaman was good. Yeah. Aquaman was. Good. It was cool. You know, you, you, you don't like you're not it was, that cool. it was cool. It, it had some corny moments in there for me. I okay. thought I thought it was too long too, and it, and it had some some just some corny moments in there for me, man. Okay. I was just like, oh, you know, but yeah, but it was yeah. cool. It was cool. But Wonder Woman, I, I really liked. I was really that was good. Yeah. yeah, I was really proud of Wonder Woman, except for one scene that just bothers me till this day. Uh, but yeah, Wonder Woman, I, I really really really. Liked man, but that one scene, man. The, look, Phil, it was the scene you've seen it. You've seen the movie, right? Yeah, I see. Okay, it was one scene. The one scene when they're at the party with the Nazis and everything, and she walks in in that dress, and she looks wonderful and beautiful, and she's got a sword wrapped around the dress oh, and her back, yeah. and nobody notices it. <laughs> like nobody, <laughs> nobody sees the sword on this woman's dress. She comes and dances with the general. He don't feel that you. You can't tell you got a sword. I was like, you know what? You turn in your stripes right now. Like, how did you, you can't recognize a sword? Like, seriously, <laughs> man. Like, like I was so I was so upset. I was in the theater just looking at people like, y'all, y'all gonna accept this? Like, I was like, yo, I was it drove me insane. I still uh, it drives me insane every time I see that scene, man. Real, but yeah. but the movie was great. I really did enjoy it. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to this new one. I really am. Yeah. Uh, I remember I saw that scene. I was like. Sorry, they're not gonna do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so she got away the building. Right. She got away with the <laughs> walked I in. I know she's pretty and all, right. but come on. Come on, man. Come on. No. Like what? He, just, just, he gonna walk in with like a gun in his cummerbund. Y'all just gonna look at him and be like, oh, that's cool. No, man. It's a, it's a <laughs> yeah. Unless they're blind or something. Yeah, man. Like seriously, like this must, is a dark. Must be dark. blind. I mean, come right, on. <laughs> it's a dark party. Can't nobody yeah. see nobody. Must be, um, must be, I mean, you might as well turn off the lights or something. Something, man. Something to make it make sense for me. Goodness, but yeah. Outside of that, I, I've been okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Wonder Woman was good, and I'm I'm looking forward to 1984, or that's what they call it, Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. That's coming out in yeah. June. Coming out in June, so I'm definitely gonna check that one. Yeah, looking forward to um, it. Man, we're, we're going overtime, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Roll, man. No, it's cool. I got to roll anyway, man. But I, yeah. man, but, you know, you got me talking passions, man. I'm, you know, it's what I do, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's, it's great talking to you. Uh, maybe some other time we can talk about comics more. Hey, I'm with it, man. I'm definitely with it. Yeah. If it and maybe more bulls, hopefully. By the time we talk about the bulls, maybe they'll make the playoffs, make us proud or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, with, I'm with that. Yeah, yeah, let's here's hoping. Here's hoping. Mama. Yeah, but yeah, anyways, but you have a very good night. Don't do anything crazy, like I will probably <laughs> and have a good week, everyone, and peace out, everyone. Peace.